They faced tax collectors when they had no money. They faced crossing a lake in a storm. They were in the wilderness where there was little to no food and they had to feed thousands. In each case, their human resources were insufficient. Christ alone was the only resource they needed, though. You'll see in life that fear strikes when our resources are depleted. Fear strikes when you've lost that job. Fear strikes when you've expended your bank account and there's still bills to be met. Fear strikes when you're out of food at your house and there's hungry mouths to feed. Fear strikes when you've exhausted all schemes to make it work. Somehow as humans, we get this idea in our head that when fear strikes, we need to look to the world to fix it. Why is it as humans, the things that break God's heart, somehow we think will heal our hearts? Does that make sense? Why is it we look at the things that it says clearly breaks God's heart and then we look to them to fulfill us, to distract us, to overcome that fear in us? Once fear has set in, that's where sin begins because we try to use the world and the things of the world to get rid of that fear, to quit thinking about the fear, to do what we think is overcoming the fear. It's not. When Christ alone is the only resource we need. The answer to fear is the realization of his presence. I'm just going to throw that there. You look in the Old Testament in Psalms, it says, Yea, through all I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou being God, thou being Jesus Christ, has he not known everything that is going to face us? So as we look at the world today, we can look at our community who is facing division. We can look at our state that's facing division. Those that love the governor, those that hate him. We can look at our country, who is going one side or the other. It can strike fear in us. We can look at Seattle, who's gone through riot after riot after riot, burning buildings, looting, all that stuff. But if you place Christ in the middle of that, you can look at Seattle and see that in the streets of Seattle, there is a revival happening right now. Amen. Look at California, who just went two million people without power. But on their beaches, a revival is happening. Praise the Lord. Because I'm here to tell you, despite all the memes you see on Facebook, despite all the naysayers you see on the news, 2020 is the year of blessings. Amen. If we really stop and take a minute, I just had you earlier to take a deep breath. If you took that breath, then you're blessed. You're still here. We don't always understand the situations we go through. Again, I went over North Carolina who went through a fire, then tornadoes, then a hurricane, then an earthquake. I'm pretty sure most of the people in North Carolina are not feeling very blessed right now. But can you imagine being one of those people in North Carolina and surviving all four of those events when many have survived, not survived one? 
You could get fired from your job tomorrow. You may suddenly get sick. We don't know what's going on with this pandemic. We don't know how serious or not serious it is. There's people on both sides that say whether it's serious or not serious. But we don't know what could happen tomorrow. We could get sick and end up in the ICU. We could get in an accident where we're to blame. A loved one may die. The more we try to reason some of these things out, the more confused we're going to get. Because I'm sure with our brains, we cannot find a logical reason why God would be like, a pandemic is the perfect thing to happen right now. I mean, did God send the pandemic? No, but he's allowing it to happen. If we keep trying to use our brains to logically try to solve why God's letting it happen, we're not going to figure it out. Yet the Lord says and tells us, do not be dismayed. Going back to Isaiah 41.10, Isaiah was facing a moment where the people there were choosing between God and the gods of the land. And Isaiah calls them out and says, choose now. Is it going to be God or is it going to be these gods? Quit trying to figure it out. It isn't necessary to understand God's ways. For all things work together for good. All things work together for good. No matter what's happening, we need to understand that. No matter who's in the White House, we need to understand that. One of the most controversial things in our country right now is who the president is. But the one thing that nobody can deny as a Christian is the fact that God knew he was going to be president. God is using him as president. And will continue to use whoever is in that White House. God used the last president, the president before that. No matter who's in the White House, God is still God. And he's going to use that person. He's going to use those people in government. As much as they argue, as much as they might have the wrong intentions for the country, as much as America continues to look like the Roman Empire, God's still going to use it. If you go back to when God arrived on the scene as Jesus Christ, it would have been a totally different picture if God would have arrived to a complete and whole Israel, not an Israel controlled by the Roman Empire. It would have been a completely different picture. How does God show his power if he's arriving basically to his own home? He's arriving to his people and everything's at peace. He arrived in such a way in the New Testament to let people know that no matter what's going on, his power will overcome. And it's the same thing going on right now. We are living what Jesus lived through. Our government might as well be the Roman government. If you think somehow our government is Christian, you're not paying attention. But despite all that, despite the pandemic, despite the riots, despite floods, hurricanes, fires, everything else going on in this world, we can still see how blessed we are. Amen. Must keep throwing papers. The thing is, when it comes down to it, God has promised to hold us up as Christians. The world has given us this little device and said that everything in the world literally is in here. We can access everything in the world right here. But when it comes down to it, God and the world have both promised that it hold us up. But if I take this phone, it's going to fall. God's not. If I go stand on that phone in the water... It's not going to save me. God will. If I try to place all my faith in that phone, I'm going to fail. 
The world is not the answer. And God is the answer we need to be pushing on this world right now, especially. My wife has a friend who lost two loved ones within a matter of a few, what, weeks? Nine days. Nine days. Two loved ones. Closest two people to her. Both gone. I told her the most powerful thing about that moment is that the, that is the moment that people are seeking God. No matter what they believe, that moment right there, they need God. And they are ready to receive God. And you look at our country, our community, everything going on. This is the moment for revival. This is the moment for the message to be received. This is the moment for Christ to come on the scene and people receive him with open arms. No matter what's going on in this world, our country, everything, it does not matter because all the evil, all the stuff that wants to push us down is the very thing God will use to step up, get on the scene, and take over with his full power. Again, go back to what God has promised us. I listened to a preacher the other day try to defend the fact that we're going to go through the seven years of tribulation and then Christ will come on the scene. It blew my mind because God took his people out with the flood. He rescued them. God rescued his people from Egypt. And this guy wanted to have us believe that God's going to show up with the trumpet, kind of wave at us and go, see you in seven years. I just don't see that happen. When God saves his people on a consistent basis, why would he leave us here to face his wrath? Not the world's wrath, his wrath. Again, we're not immune to the world's wrath. Things are going to change and things are going to happen, but God is going to have our back continually. He's not going to be like, well, the world messed up, so guess what? You get to go with them as it burns, as it goes into famine. The famine and burning the heat caused, let me clarify. Because there are fires happening now. There are people starving right now, but none of this is caused by God. We will not understand the amount of power put behind God's wrath. People think that this is bad and hasn't even got there yet. But again, we seek to understand. We seek to understand why God is doing what he's doing, but in all honesty, it's none of our business. All we have to do is remain faithful in God and remain faithful that he knows what he's doing. Remain faithful that every step he takes, good or bad things happening, it's all in his plan. It's all setting things up. Going back to the White House, love him or hate him, Trump was put in a position to be in place to usher in peace in the Middle East. I don't know how many of you heard, but on the news, the United Emirates... United Arab Emirates, excuse me, third country who has decided to go to peace with Israel. Never happened before in history. Three countries who have decided that Israel is a better ally than Iran. That Iran is the true enemy. And again, love him or hate him, God used him to put this in place. He is lining things up. He is coming back. It is right around the corner. There's not a more exciting time to be a Christian right now than in this time we're living. Going back to breathing, again, bear with me, but take a deep breath. If you're a non-believer and just took that breath, that means God's still got you here to have a chance to know him. That right there is a blessing. 2020 is a blessing because you're still here to have a chance at salvation. If you are a believer and you just took that breath, 
I can guarantee you, if God's got you here, he has a purpose for you. Because he doesn't leave his people here without a purpose. Once he's done with you, he'll take you like that. So if you just took that breath, and I just took that breath, I could sit here and go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I still have a purpose on this earth. Thank you, Jesus, that there's still something on this earth that I can do for you. That I have a purpose in your kingdom, something to accomplish, someone to help lead to you, something I can do that betters your kingdom. I could take that and use this example. This interesting thing happened to me. I was actually quite angry. I had a whole, I've been having issues. I'm just gonna put it out there bluntly. I've been having issues with my license. I got pulled over after thinking my license was good and got another ticket because they claimed it was revoked. So I had to, because of that instance, take a moment and find ways to fix this situation. I wouldn't have had to take that moment if that one instance, that one cop for no reason that I could fathom pulled me over I wouldn't have had to take that instance, but because of that, I was in a line to fix my license and talked with a guy who I hadn't seen in over a year who was say, telling me he was ready to come back to God. It was that moment, I was there at that specific time to see him, to talk to him, to remind him to come back to church. Someone I wasn't even thinking of. And now I'm set up with that person to do twice week Bible studies. I'm set up with that person to push him to get to the next level, to get right with God before it's over. You can't tell me that even when bad things happen, God doesn't have a hand in it. That he isn't finding a way to fix it. He isn't finding a way to use that bad instance, people dying, riots in Seattle, to use that to save people and to bring them to him. I mean, when there's riots and violence happening in Seattle and people are thinking, this is the perfect time for a revival, you cannot tell me God doesn't exist and doesn't have his hand in everything. When the church in California, all the churches have been told they cannot meet, they cannot gather in church because of the pandemic, and you turn around and people are meeting on beaches and having a revival, God finds a way. When you look at Las Vegas and they told them the same thing, do not go to church because of the pandemic. And people are meeting in casinos by the hundreds and having service. Service is so powerful in a casino that the people gambling stop. Amen. They feel like they can't continue. Amen. I mean, how powerful is that? Amen. You can look at every negative thing going on in this world and turn back and go, what blessing is coming because of it? Are we still breathing? Do we still have our health? Are we able to read Revelations 1-3 where it tells us, blessed are those who read these words and know that I am coming? I mean, that alone is a blessing to be able to be prepared and not cut off guard when Jesus comes back. To be able to be prepared and make sure others are prepared when Jesus comes back. Again, I'm telling you right now that if you cannot find blessings by the end of this sermon, then you're not looking. At the very least, you get to go to lunch on time, so that's a blessing. God tells us, I am your God. He doesn't give us the answer. He gives us himself. He tells us we don't need to know he's there. That's all we need. I will strengthen, strengthen thee.
And those moments where you feel strength slipping, where you feel like you just can't hold on much longer, whether it be physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, whether you're looking at this world and going, God, how much more do we have to go through and watch and see just the horrible things happening before you come back? Keep in mind, he's still here. And as long as he's still here, hope is still here. God says, I will help thee. In moments where your family and friends have let you down just when you were needing them. In moments where the load is just too heavy for you to carry. Don't be dismayed. God is there. I will uphold thee. Like the example I used, you can take the whole world and place it under your feet. And it will not hold you up like Jesus Christ will. At one point or another, the world will fail you. But with Jesus Christ, there's absolutely no way you can sink. He's holding you up. He is holding you until you are at his right hand with him. Again, let's talk blessings. I love the fact that I live in Bemidji, Minnesota, where I don't have to worry about a hurricane. I don't have to worry. Is there a hurricane coming tomorrow? I would say I love that in Bemidji, Minnesota, where there's no earthquakes. But if there's an earthquake in Idaho and Utah and North Carolina, there's no telling if it's going to happen here or not. But I'm blessed. I know I have a God that will see me through it. If you woke up this morning in a bed with blankets and pillows, you're blessed. If you're able to arrive here at church, or if you're not here at church and you're watching this right now, then you're blessed to have that ability. Again, I'll go back to the fact that there's people right now without power. And as much as we'd like to think that's not a big deal, try going with power for out a week and see how it holds up. See how close you get to God in that week. Again, let's talk blessings. We're all still here breathing. The pandemic hasn't wiped out the entire country. We're still blessed. We're still here. We're still able to breathe. We're still able to hold our children. We're still able to hold our loved ones. We're still here. We're still here with a purpose. We're still here with Jesus by our sides. We are blessed. No matter what's going on, if my bank account empties out tomorrow and I owe all my debt right now, I'm still blessed. If tomorrow I get in a bad accident and lose both my legs, I will do my hardest to remember I'm still blessed. The world can take our health. The world can take our finances. Our entertainment. The world can take our family, our friends. But in the end, as children of Christ, we are still blessed. 2020 is the year of blessings. We just have to see it. We just have to look for it. We just have to take hold of it and remember it. That's the biggest thing I want you to take away from this. As crazy as it was when I started putting this sermon together and titling it, 2020, the year of blessings. Risking the fact that I could probably easily be mocked for it with everything that's happened. It's the one thing we need to remember is how blessed we are. It's the one thing we need to remember that God's still here. This could be the tribulation right now where God is not present. We could be living in China right now where they're telling 
people as old as 80 years old, Christians that have lived for God for 80 years, that they either bow to those in power in China or go to jail. I mean, that could be our life. It could be our life pretty soon, honestly. And that's the only point I want to make today is how blessed we are and how we just need to remember who God is and lean on God for all understanding. Look to God for any situation. Pray to him. Seek his word. The fact that we can read the Bible is a blessing in itself and we need to remember how powerful that is. Because there are those who can't even get a hold of the word right now where it's illegal to even have a Bible. I cannot imagine being one of the missionaries in the Middle East who are being rounded up and slaughtered right now. I don't want to even fathom that, except for the fact that, hey, I'd get there a lot quicker than y'all. Because <laughs> one day not on this earth is a day with Jesus. I like having this little thing over here tell me how much time I've spent preaching. Makes me feel like I've actually went a little bit. Again, I'm going to wrap up with this. Every moment that happens, whether it be a car accident, whether it be a speeding ticket, anything that comes on you that is bad or good, that you didn't cause yourself, look for Jesus in it. Look for the opportunity he is bringing to you. If you lost that job, maybe he's providing something else for you. If you lost that job, maybe he's providing an opportunity and time for you to seek out people that he intends for you to bring to him. If you lost that loved one, be thankful that they don't have to go through everything else here. Be happy that they've hopefully gone on to meet Christ. And if you're about to lose a loved one, make sure that they are about to go on to meet Christ. And celebrate with them that they're going to beat you there. As we close, again, keep in mind, as much as it's been prophesied and the news wants to tell us how bad this year is, as likely as, as it gets worse in November, remember how blessed we are. Remember who has our back. Remember whose children we are. And let's finish this year out showing the world how blessed we are. Jesus, I thank you for this time. Short or long, every word you give to us is a blessing. Every moment that we have to read your word, to pray to you, to hear your word preached in a church, to take moments to worship you together is a blessing, Lord. Help us hold on to that. Help us be strengthened by that. Help us to remember always, with you, we are blessed. Remember. Help us to remember to be thankful, Lord. Be thankful for everything you have done for us and will continue to do for us. Help us to be the light of the world by giving hope and reminding people of the blessings. Be with us through this week and the rest of this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoops.